With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm excited today to be joined by someone I've looked up to for, I think, since 2015, so like seven years. His name is Neville Medora. Uh, Neville, man, thanks for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you really inspired my like entrepreneurial journey. You and Noah Kagan, um, you guys were just like, I don't know what to call you, like entrepreneurial people in this space that just uh, gave out so much value um, for free to your newslet- uh, newsletters and whatnot. And I've been following for so long and uh, just like, I'm ex- so excited to have you on, man. No, thanks. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while. I mean, I think uh, it's funny. Back in college, I mean, I went to college in like 2001, I entered college. And back then, like no one had businesses on the side. In fact, I was in a couple entrepreneurship clubs and it was common for me to be the only one with the business. There was me and one other guy in a group of 200 people at a pretty big university that had businesses. It was kind of weird. And now it's like everyone can start a business. It's It's kind of neat to see the progression of it. Yeah, man, you guys were way ahead of the curve. And at least in my eyes too, like what stood out most to me about following both you and Noah, like not only that you were, you know, successful entrepreneurs, which always helps uh, get you in the door to signing up and whatnot, but that you guys just like gave out so much value on your newsletters. It was like a no brainer to sign up, but not only sign up, but see the subject line, actually want to click it and read it. And that leads me to like, what put you on my radar, which is copywriting. And I said that to yeah. my girlfriend, by the way, when I was in the car with her earlier today, and she said, oh, copywriting, like I'm going to legally copyright something. I'm like, no, yeah. no, a different kind. So do you want to talk us through copywriting um, for a little bit? You're talking to a girlfriend about copywriting? Damn. Yeah. I was told her that I had you on the show. So <laughs> you, you want her to lose attraction for you? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. So copyright, it's kind of funny. So um, originally I learned copywriting from a buddy who put me onto the the Boron letters from Gary Halbert. He was like, you should read about this copywriting stuff. So I was running. I read that because you told me to. <laughs> uh, it, it's amazing. It, it's a little bit, a little bit outdated. So, you know, it'd be prepared. It's a little bit rough, but to, to where I probably got on your radar was I was running a rave company at the time. My buddy, Noah Kagan started building this company called AppSumo and it was doing okay. It was kind of like a side project. He was building it off my couch. And I remember that I was like, dude, you have a big email list. He was great at getting emails. And I was like, you know, I'm learning about this thing called copywriting. And I started applying it to my own business. So I had an e-commerce website where I sold light up and glow stuff. And pretty much once I found out about this, I went from a, I hope someone lands on my website and buys something business to an email marketing business. And it happened so quickly that it was, it was a bit shocking. And so I told them, I'm like, you know, if you really put some effort into your emails, I'll bet you sell these deals a lot better. So I learned about copywriting and like how to tell a story and how to have like a hook about it, how to get people's attention, get their interest, get their desire, get their action. Right. And so we started writing these emails that worked really, really well. And the funny thing was all these people would read the emails and they would respond in the same way. They'd be like, Neville, I know that you're trying to sell me something, yet I still love reading your email. Like, what's, 
Like, how, how is that possible? And I'm like, well, it's this thing called copywriting. And then I would go into it, trying to explain it to them. They're like, how do I implement it on my own business? And then me, like a fool, would try to like respond and help them. And then so finally, I was like, okay, maybe I should record a couple of videos about this. And that did pretty well. So then we ended up doing this thing called the copywriting course, which still exists to this day to train people how to do it. But essentially what you have to do is I made up this rule with AppSumo that we're selling constantly. Every time you get an email from AppSumo, we're trying to push a deal right? So naturally, that's a little bit of an annoying thing. So I said, what if we give, give them like 70% good information, right? So instead of talking about grasshopper.com, what if I talk about that if you're a one person business, you can make like a phone tree to sound like a professional company, like press one for the shipping department, that kind of stuff. What if I showed you how to do that in the email and showed you how to make your one person company look a lot bigger and route calls properly? And then at the end, be like, hey, we have a deal on this. So that was my that was my angle. So I put 70% good information, teaching them, showing them cool things. And then also we tried to make it a little bit funny. There's an entertainment value mm -hmm. there too. And then at the end, give them a deal on what we're talking about. And that was the formula we repeated over and over and over. And that's where I came up with 70% content, 30% sales. If you do 70% content in your emails or your, your copy and 30% sales, people will never hate you. Um, let me give you a good example over here. Let's say you go to CarMax where you, to buy a new car and you're looking at Toyota Camrys and the guy is like, the guy comes up and he's like, hey, let me get you in this car right now. Let's go sign a deal right now. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a little bit too soon, right? That's all sales. That's no good. Instead, what if he comes up? He's like, hey, my name is Ryan. I sell Toyota Camrys. I've driven Toyota Camrys for the last 20 years. I've had every single type. I know everything about this car. I've sold 500 of them in the last year. Let me know if you need any help. I'll be over there that's not that that's almost like a helpful thing so then you're like hey ryan i got a question about how this drives whatever that's a helpful way but really what he's doing is trying to get you in that car still so he's mm -hmm. doing 70 percent kind of content and then 30 percent sales so after giving you uh, a little uh, drive around and testing and he could gauge your interest he starts saying like this person's pretty pretty interested in this car he's like hey by the way would you like to see some of our financing options and you're like okay cool and you naturally slide into that sale it's not high pressure you don't feel pressure you almost feel like you're in control and so that's what we always try to do with copywriting like make people want to read this stuff that's the most important thing People always ask about subject lines. What's the best subject line to get opens? I'm like, how about this? What if your mom sent you an email? Would you open it even if it had a shitty subject line? Probably because it's from your mom. And so for that reason, I always talked about just like people should enjoy your content first and then you're able to sell them whatever you want later. So that's kind of copywriting in a nutshell. Dude, I, I like that, man. I've I've definitely tried to like learn from you and implement uh your approach and the, you know, the app sumo sumo approach. I don't know if you're still are you still writing emails for them today or no, now there's now there's like a hundred plus people that work at AppSumo, so I don't have yeah. to do all that. Yeah, um, but also also uh, I was a, kind of the voice inspiration for uh, the hustle. So Sam Parr, who ran the hustle, was reading my stuff, and we kind of like uh, did some uh, tests with the hustle too. And so it's it's a similar thing of like give it give the person a lot of value to where every time they open it, they learn something new. Right? You want to get them like Pavlovian response to like every time I open a Neville email, there's going to be something good in it. There's going to be at least one really good thing. Like I don't want to miss this. And I think that in the long run helps your open rate, your reputation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I could show you my open rates, but man, they're like, I, I, like I said, I've been following you for so long and I feel like I've had that kind of like rub off onto me of kind of how to go about sending content. And I do have, you know, good open rates, you know, 20% plus like on average. So, um, doing, nice. doing pretty also, well. Gary Vaynerchuk had, I, I love, he had a title of a book, which I thought was very clever. It was like, uh, it, 
it was like jab, 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 right hook or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What I remember I that, talked yeah. about is a concept called give, 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 ask. And I remember thinking like, that's a great sentence to put it in. It's just like you give your audience a lot. And then every once in a while you ask something sort of, and they'll never get tired of you if you just do that. Imagine that me and you just became friends. And on date, like tonight, I'm like, hey, Ryan, would you mind helping me move? You'd be like, damn, that's a, that's a big ask for already. But let's say we go out for beers, we hang out like 12 times. And then later I'm like, hey, would you, I mean, would you mind helping me move? It's no big deal. You're more likely to say yes to that one small request rather than like this big request right up front. So that's why I kind of think of copywriting as. Nah, man, I love it, man. It's definitely helped me uh, with my business. And do you want to, I want to know more about like how you make passive income, but before we kind of pivot over there, do you have any tips for us e-commerce sellers? Like the main thing we talk about on this channel has a lot to do with selling on e-commerce websites like Amazon, like Etsy. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I say those websites is because we don't have like full flexibility. Like if we are on Shopify or something like that, right. And we don't have necessarily email marketing. Um, not that people who watch the channel don't have those things, but the primary, you know, majority audience are like on Amazon Etsy. So we're not like able to write emails, but how might we write sales copy in like a product listing to kind of close um, a customer? Well, first you have to take stock of what medium you have, right? So copywriting to me is not just text. A lot of people think it's just the text. How often do you look at the text on Amazon? To be honest, I shop on Amazon all the time. I kind of look at the pictures or reviews and done. Like I don't even read the, the description half the time. So mm -hmm. what you have to take stock of is what you have available to you. So for example, on Amazon, you mainly have pictures, right? So you have pictures, you have videos, and then you have the text. And so those are the three things that you need to optimize. And the number one thing that people are looking at is those images. So actually when we revamp product image pages, uh, sorry, product pages on Amazon, what we do is we actually tell a story through the images, almost like an Instagram story. So for example, let's uh, like pick a product, let's say a chair, like back there, we're, we're selling a chair. So what I would do is I have a picture of the chair, but then have an arrow saying smooth felt that doesn't get damaged, right, in, in text. And mm -hmm. I would actually tell the story through the images and then also to have all those features listed out in the product copy. And so essentially, when you're talking about a product like a chair, for example, people know what a chair is. You don't have to be like, chairs are great for sitting because like, you know, they make you happy or whatever. You don't really have to do all that kind of stuff. You can be a little bit more factual with certain things like that. So you don't have to tell an elaborate story. That's, I think, a big mistake. People sit down and try to write this elaborate story about a chair. It's like, people know what a chair is, right? That just, just give them the facts on this. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I normally do. And so we almost like making like an Instagram story style thing with uh, product pages. So actually, uh, Canva is a very helpful tool for your product listings. So you bring all your product images and mark them up with text, and it tells the whole story inside of the images itself. You almost don't even have to get them to go to the copy. It's pretty awesome. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you look at a lot of the top products on Amazon, you'll see what I mean. These, this is commonly how it is, uh, that it tells the whole story within the images. And by the time you scroll through like five images on a really good product listing, you're kind of sold and you're ready to hit buy. So the goal of all the copy is to answer all their questions to get them to hit buy, and just remove any friction. And so a lot of times if people come to me with a really good Amazon listing, I'll just have no feedback for them. I'll be like, honestly, th th this did, did its job exactly. You don't need to improve the copy. You don't have to make flowery language. And so for that reason, it just depends what you're selling. If it's an easy product to understand, it's like a commodity, like for example, a three foot USB cable, right? USB-C to USB-C. You don't really have to go into depth what it is. You have mm -hmm. a lot of reviews, you have good images, and you probably will make the sale. And then of course, in your copy, you talk about all the things, you say, hey, it's shielded, blah, blah, blah. 
10,000 customers have bought this, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of copywriting in a nutshell for uh, e-commerce. It's actually relatively simple in my opinion. Hey, I, I, there's beauty in keeping things simple uh, often in life, right? So I, I like that, man. And um, another quick tip too is there's this Chrome extension I love called uh, AMZ Suggestion Expander. It's free. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about like, oh, what what value propositions do I include in my images? Um, you know, well, you can use AMZ Suggestion Expander and kind of see like the most searched for like long tail keywords after you mm-hmm. type in, hey, I'm selling a chair. Oh, lower back support. Maybe I'll pop that into an image, you know, and that's a great little... Uh, Little tip. Yeah, actually, so, so this is this is an interesting parallel. So for example, let's say you're trying to revamp a listing for Airbnb, right? Everyone knows what an Airbnb is. You go there and you stay there, right? Okay, got it. So we've actually redone a lot of these. And one of the number one things to do is just like, say, we ask the Airbnb host, we say, what questions do people call you about or, or enter in the contact form? And they'll, be, they'll always be like, well, that, they'll ask if there's a coffee machine there. And I'm like, well, why don't you put that in the text? right? Just, just take all the questions they have that are preventing them from hitting buy right now and add them into the text. So much similar to that chair, say what it's made out of, how tall it is, what are the dimensions, how many other people have bought it, how many five-star reviews are there? Is it ergonomical? Does it have lower back support? Does it have a hole in the back so your back can kind of like seep into it? What, what does it have? Just answer all of those questions. And that's one of the easiest things to get a little bit more uh, traction. And then also fill, uh, fill out all the use cases. So for example, say that chair is great for being in your living room at a dining table, or it's great for being in your office and looking really good as a podcast studio does. Uh, thing. List out all the different use cases for it. And so it's just literally just filling out facts sometimes. You don't really have to write like a, a crazy, you don't have to sit down and write a novel. It's just almost mm-hmm. like lifting out bullet points is a lot of times what we do uh, specifically for e-commerce stuff. I love it, man. That's great, great advice. And um, you were kind of telling me off camera too, of some other ways that you're making passive income. So I appreciate like all the uh, valuable insights with regards to one of, you know, I'm sure the multiple things you bring expertise to uh, copy. I always think of you as a copywriting guy, honestly. So that was great that we yeah, got to talk yeah. about that. I'd say that's right. How else are you, how else are you making money though online, like passively? Uh, so th- there's like active and then passive. I do a little bit of consulting. I try not to do as much, but you know, when someone pays you a bunch of money for an hour, you can't say no. Also people have interesting products. Uh, to work on. And so for example, uh, I do that, but that's, I guess that's not passive. I would say a very passive way is I wrote a book in 2013 and I did it as an experiment. It's called, uh, this book will teach you how to write better. And it took, it essentially took the the chapters of my copywriting course, uh, the video chapters, and then I kind of put it into text. It's a really small book. I don't like really long fluffed out books. So this book is probably like 40 pages. Hey, and I said, you know, if a salesperson uh, gets, uh, someone hires on a salesperson, the, the owner of the company can say, read this real quick and just get an idea of, and this will probably teach you a little bit about copywriting properly and selling. And so I made that book and that to this day still makes 500 to about a thousand bucks a month. And it was a self-published Amazon book. I did, it's just an experience. Nice. I never thought we I would love take KDP. off. We love KDP on this channel. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I, I still can't believe like how much books sell. And I tried to make it free. I tried to make it actually 100% free, but you have to have some cost. So I have to charge five bucks for the physical version. And I don't know, whatever mm. the lowest price you can get on Amazon, that's probably what it is. And so I did that. And it, I always thought it would be like, a, I guess, like what you call like a lead magnet or something to get people over mm. to my site. It's it, it just makes money though. I almost want to like uh, redo it and charge 20 bucks and just like update it a little bit. And charge 20 bucks and start making it a full-time income. I think he'd easily bring in five to 10 grand a month um, if I actually just put some work in. But from 2013, and here's the thing, 
I, I don't talk about it at all. I, I don't mention it. I don't talk about it. I don't push it. It just sells through the Amazon platform. Like Amazon says, like this book goes well with other books and it shows it. And somehow it happens. I don't, I don't promote you it. You have the reviews too, right? The reviews probably it, it has reviews. It has several hundred reviews. I don't really check. I honestly don't know how many reviews it has. I, I, it, last time I checked, it was like, I don't know, hundreds, like 600, 800, something like that. And it just does its own thing. It, it's quite remarkable how it just keeps selling. And so I think KDP is a great way to make passive income. Of course, I don't think everyone's going to uh, strike lightning like that. That one, that one just keeps going. But I would like to make more of those because, damn, that's – honestly, if I was going to make another passive income method, I'd probably do that, to be, to be honest. And then, and then another one that's like – I'd say very – what the definition of passive is. Uh, do you know what a swipe file is by chance? I think so, because I've looked at, I think yours, I think you've linked it in one of the newsletters. Exactly. So here's what a swipe file is. Let's say I see a good piece of marketing. So I have like a, a like a flyer over here. I'm just holding up a piece of paper, but I have a flyer over here that I got in direct mail. And I say, ooh, that's a good real estate flyer. What I do is because I'm a copywriter, I collect them in a folder. And what this is called is a swipe file. But as you may know, Ryan, uh, the whole world is not on print anymore. It's on digital. So a lot of the stuff I take in my swipe file is on my phone or screenshots on my desktop. And mm. I was like, I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, I mean, thousands of these things. And every time a client would be like, hey, what are some good examples of how people use pricing? I'd be like, oh my God, I have so many screenshots of these. I just don't know where the hell to put them. So I made a swipe, uh, a site called swipefile.com, very cleverly named. <laughs> I bought that <laughs> domain from someone who just wasn't using it. Uh, and on swipefile.com, you can click pricing and it'll show you all the different examples of pricing that I really like. And so, and then there's like a little blurb on why it's good. And so now I can say, hey, just look at this link and here's a bunch of examples of pricing. And they go, oh, cool, that's neat. And let's copy that one and, and go forward. And so that's what swipefile.com is. So I put ads on there and I try not to make it associated with copywriting course as much or myself. It just, it, I want it to be like it's independent type thing. And so uh, I put AdSense on there and that also makes about a thousand bucks a month, just, just doing nothing. I mean, nice, even if I don't really update it, people come, they look at it, it has a ton of ads all over the place. It's literally like one snippet of Google AdSense that I put in there. And it just, it, it's, it's the smart snippet or whatever. So you put yeah, that yeah. one little JavaScript line in there and it just says like, we'll handle where to put ads. And yeah, it just made puts it, it in there. I, yeah, I had a website was that was doing pretty well, man. And like, it, it was in that, it's got alcohol on the site. It's kind of the theme. Uh -huh. um, and I don't really, I haven't disclosed it on my channel, but at this point it's like, I probably could cause it doesn't matter anymore. But like, it literally used to make a decent money, like not as much as a thousand a month, but maybe like 500 a month consistently. Mm -hmm. Now it makes like, $9 a month. I'm looking on my other monitor. It's like, they were like, these ads aren't suitable anymore because of alcohol, like $9, instead of 500. <laughs> yeah. And then the other way we have, we have copywritingcourse.com. So we actually moved to a community style thing, um, about two years ago, which was, um, a really good move because we can actually get people to post their copy and within the forum, actually give them feedback or just rewrite the whole damn thing for them, which is often easier. And so we started doing that and we sold like yearly memberships and we experimented with a bunch. So now we just have two memberships and it's like, it always reverts back to the mean, like what everyone else is doing probably because it works is like monthly and yearly, right? So you sign up for either 750 bucks a year or $97 a month, just simple pricing. And so those monthly customers are a uh, passive income. I'd say like once they sign up, it's just more like how long can we keep them in the forum? And so then we have to make the forum worth it for them to stay in because some people will come in for a month, just check it out and leave. But some people will stay on for two years and, and come to every office hours and participate constantly. And mm -hmm. so I'd say um, 
having a monthly recurring subscription is, of course, great. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it fully passive. What do you think? I mean, we're maintaining a community. There's payroll. We have writers in there. Like, there's a lot of stuff to go on. So I wouldn't say it's totally passive. But I guess if I disappeared for a week, people still are signing up, and I don't really have to do anything. I, I suppose that's content that's there too. Passive. You have, you have yeah, good static content, content there. Passive. Exactly. Active and passive. I would say, though, by far, the most passive thing I do is the book. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't do anything. Anything. I don't promote it. I don't say anything about it. Uh, it just freaking sells. So I would say, the most. yeah, uh, I guess KDP is probably the best uh, passive thing you do. No, I appreciate that, man. And like that, that files right in line with what I kind of preach. And I don't try to pretend to be like a, a guru. Like I just literally say, Hey guys, like I've been publishing transparent income reports since 2017, when I got started on Amazon kind of spread to eBay, to Etsy, to these other platforms. But like, you can literally see my very slow creep up into building more and more passive income, but like products that I like a coffee mug that I sold on uh, Amazon in 2017 can still make a sale today. And that mm -hmm. is the definition of passive. And then we have automated fulfillment. Another thing that we kind of focus on, like Ooh. if I sell, you know, my Bitcoin coffee mug here, uh, if you buy <laughs> nice. it, like it's just going to get, it'll get fulfilled automatically. So that's actually pretty I'm cool. Um, <laughs> I need a Bitcoin <laughs> coffee mug. Uh, so oh, I forgot another thing. Uh, I forgot about this. And you probably have this too, because you have a YouTube channel, YouTube income. Of course. I I would say YouTube income, it's like YouTube originally started as a platform. Uh, me and Noah would actually publish videos way back in the day when YouTube was more of just like a free video host. Remember, it used to cost a lot of money to host a video. Now it's just like we take it for granted. It's like free. But now it's become its own platform. But you actually make money off of YouTube. So I would post YouTube videos for free just to get people back to my site. Right. And now they, you have it to where it's like monetized. So I'm like, I mean, I'll take this free money, of course. But you can make, if you start, if you really take your channel seriously and you have a topic that's really good. So if you talk about knitting, I don't think you'll make a ton of money because people in the knitting industry are not spending a ton of money on ads. However, you're talking about passive income, money, Etsy, eBay, Shopify. I bet you get some pretty cool, uh, cool ad revenue off of YouTube. And so I talk about yeah. copywriting, sales, email marketing, all that kind of stuff. So we have pretty high CPMs or whatever you call it for YouTube. And so, yeah, I definitely make like a couple hundred or a thousand plus um, on YouTube. And, and like, for example, I haven't updated my YouTube channel in two months and it still makes that type of money. Like it, it doesn't fluctuate, which is pretty interesting. So as you keep adding to it, it just goes up and up and up, which is really cool. It's almost like you're building an asset. But I wouldn't say it's 100% passive, but it is one of those things where it's like, I don't know about you, but it is like kind of dependable income. For sure, man. And I'm actually going to work on, I'm working behind the scenes right now on a video that's similar to one I released two years ago, which is kind of an updated version of like an Etsy masterclass kind of thing that'll be free on YouTube. Because a lot of my videos follow that arc where it's like big views and then it tapers. But mm -hmm. some videos, like I think the longer ones that people like bookmark, save to watch later, et cetera, they can see the climb consistently. You know what I mean? And then longer well, videos. Well, let me, let me put on my, uh, let me put on my guru hat. I can predict the future for Ryan's channel. I, I, I bet, I bet. I haven't looked at your statistics, but I know for a fact already that if we open up your YouTube statistics, it's probably like three to five videos, more likely three. That probably bring in the lion's share of all the revenue, all the subscribers, and all the views. Is, is that true? You know, I'm kind of a sick person, though, that does daily content. So you're not wrong, but also it's like 
in terms of most people you'd speak to, I'm in the minority that like also publishes daily. So I do get a lot of like pretty good disbursement, but um, yeah. it is more or less 80, 20 rule. Probably if you really looked at it, like I have a Sunday video series. Like once a week, like a normal cadence, you're going to see the same thing where it's just like, of course you get like an even spread. Your new videos will do well because it's new subscribers, et cetera. But at the same time, there's certain videos that just uh, creep up and, and go up. So every big creator I've looked at, we I get to look at behind the scenes of the, the analytics. It's the same thing. It's just like the same three videos that just like just keep chugging along and like they just get and the rich get richer on YouTube, right? The more you mean, views, people are watching and then it just gets promoted more in other people's feeds. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It doesn't mean that you can only make three videos and, and exist forever. YouTube doesn't right, but if you have those winners yeah. that are getting in people's like home feed or you know what I mean? The organic autoplays like that's that's really where it's at, man. Like I had to the video I'm recreating was like bringing in over a thousand dollars a month in ad revenue. And it's just crazy. Wow. Cause I actually made it in one day, but it was a long day. And I'm going to work like <laughs> on like this next video for a couple of weeks and try to get to a million views. So we'll see what happens. But Hey, I know you have to go soon. Don't you? So do you, do you, are you good on time? I'm good on time. Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay, man. I thought, okay. I, I just want to make sure I, you didn't I have at, uh, 1 PM. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. My, sorry, 1 p.m. my time, by the way. Got you. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, we're right, having cool. an extra hour. Yeah, so maybe like f- 45 minutes or something. I might have to go. No, I, I've I've really appreciated the, the conversation so far, man. Like, I, I was thinking we'd wrap here, but like, do you have Perfect. anything else you want to impart on my audience? Like, anything you want to share? Because your insights are like extremely valuable. I think people look up to me and I'm looking up to you. So plug copywriting <laughs> course, plug whatever, man. Yeah, let, uh, let, let's talk about one little thing I've been interested in sure. lately. It, it's consistency. And man, I, I wish I had a better way of like angling this. Um, one of the things I've noticed with people is like there are some good creators out there. And I think I'm like decent at video and that kind of stuff. But one thing I'm not is consistent. And so you have to trick yourself. So for example, whenever I work, uh, if I sit here and work alone all day, I almost, I, I'll do nothing. I'll watch YouTube video. I'll play on Twitter. All that. I get distracted very easy. So I have this whole system where I have employees that co-work with me or I have people that come and co-work with me here all the time. And for that reason, I think someone's looking at my screen. I need someone to look at my screen. And I think that they're like looking and judging, which no one gives a shit what's on your screen, but I think they're looking and that makes me work really hard. And so for that reason, I've implemented like different systems to be consistent about stuff. And I will say that you could be a mediocre creator, but if you are consistent, like every Monday you come out with a video and you never miss that goddamn Monday, there is something interesting that happens. Like you just keep growing. So if you look at your favorite creators, almost all the time, if you go look at their stats, use Social Blade or any of those tools to go look at their social stats, YouTube stats, Instagram stats, Twitter stats, you will notice that they just consistently post about the same amount almost every month, but they do it for 10 years. It's kind of wild. And so it's one of those things where like, it's such a boring thing, but I really, really have learned that if someone's just consistent about something, I'm scared of them. So I used to get scared when people would like copy, you know, when you, I'm sure people like try to copy your channel or some of your video styles and stuff. I used to get really upset. I'm like, oh my God, they're, they're kind of good. But I, I noticed that they, but now if I notice people just like drop off after a few weeks and come back with one video and kind of drop off, I'm like, you know what? I'm not scared of them anymore. But if it's a consistent person, even if they suck, I'm like, damn, they can get better. Like if they get 1% better every video, like they're going to get really good in a few videos. And so I say consistency is a big deal and something that you should learn how to hack yourself on being consistent. Because some people kind of naturally have a consistent attitude. I don't. And so I have to force myself into consistency with tricks. So co-working, uh, I incentivize my assistant big time to, um, to make sure that we hit certain social media goals and stuff. So I don't know. Consistency is a big deal. And then finally with that, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was saying, do you work from home? Cause I know I've seen like some, some of your uh, emails, you'll just be like, yeah, I was working with my buddy over here. Like, I, you know, you're both at a table or something like that. So I, work all you over the place. I, I don't like working from the same place all the time. I work all over the place. I, um, I don't go to coffee shops as much. I feel like sometimes I don't get as much done, but I do like coffee shop working. I love library working. Honestly, dude, the library. And we have this like really dope ass library here in Austin that, um, that you can work from. It's basically like a giant free co-working space. I'd say it's like a co-working space, but better than every paid co-working space. I'm also really big fan of we work um i know we work gets a lot of crap but i've been a we work member for years from we that work, documentary <laughs> i know i know it was such a good it looked amazing though. though i was like damn it i looked, wish i was at we honestly <laughs> every we work i've been to across the world that shit's full man so uh, i know people love to hate them and they probably grew too fast but man that thing is full everywhere you go so i don't know what all, all the buzz is about but um i love working at we work because i think it's just other people working and that's very helpful and so uh yeah i i consistently hack how i work all the time and it really helps but i will say staying consistent you just start seeing the snowball effects so for example let me give you two examples one uh i do i, I send out emails whenever i've always been like that but now i'm like let me do a, a newsletter that goes out every friday right so throughout the week i'll tweet a bunch of stuff and i'll take the best stuff and just put it in a friday email it's called the stupid email so copywritingcourse.com slash newsletter. You can sign up for it and see it. Every Friday, you get this email. Link in description. Yeah, I, I've been very consistent about it. And it's kind of funny. Like you, you start to notice like after about six months, like people depend on it. Like people start looking forward to it. And people say like, dude, I love this email. And that has become my most popular email. And I realize it's because people can depend on it. They know when it's coming. They know it's coming like 7.15 a.m. on a Friday, whatever. And there's something about that dependability and consistent that made that the most popular email I send out, even though I spend far more time on all my other emails, but they're all kind of just like, it just randomly comes at you. This they could depend on. So if you think about your favorite podcast, I bet it comes out at a certain time. Dude, Friday, day. by the way. Yeah. What and they never miss day. a day. Like, you I, know, I don't just, know. Friday's a good day, I feel like. For real. Any day. Honestly, so long as it's consistent. I almost don't care about the day. Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday. You're the Friday night, guy. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. from my perspective like i know neville's gonna email on friday you know exactly and so there's something about that consistency and uh I, I think that's a big lesson uh for people some people are so good at it i'm not and uh i feel like i've taken it more seriously about consistency later and everything's on a system now so if i'm supposed to do something there has to be a system and a consequence for not doing it and so that has been extremely helpful and i think uh one of uh, one of my goals for the rest of the year is to hit 100,000 followers on twitter and uh, specifically Twitter. And I think Twitter is the fastest from uh, so like social network to in real life hangouts I've had on any platform ever in the history of being on the internet. And it's made it so much easier to let's say if I want to be on a podcast, I just I just DM someone I, I like and say, Hey, uh, you want to want to do a podcast? They go, Yeah, cool. Calendly link done. And I'm like, this is the, the, the best thing ever. That doesn't happen on Facebook. That doesn't happen on Instagram for me. That doesn't happen on YouTube for me. So it happens on Twitter. And one of my keys to getting there, I'm at like, I have to 4X my Twitter audience in the next five months, which is not an easy task, but it's consistency that I think is going to get me there. So I have a system where every single day for the rest of the year, you will see a tweet from me, if not a big tweet thread and a lot of Threads, activity yeah. on Twitter. And so, um, and so that's been something that we've baked in. And I think like the consistency is going to be the key, not so much the quality, although of course that helps, but it, it's kind of wild. So God, with that, I'll try, to, I'll try to wrap up for here. Yeah, if you want, check out that book. Uh, this book will teach you how to write better. You'll see like what a crappy book it is, but like actually like teaches you really good lessons. And that book just keeps cranking it out every I'll month. Plug, I'll uh, plug the book too. 
in the description. Yeah, and one of the things I'm most proud of, like a copywriting course, we actually moved to a forum software. We were talking about this before the call a little bit. We moved to a forum software so we could actually take someone's copy. Let's say it's an e-commerce copy, Etsy copy, and just revamp it for them. So we have writers and myself that go in there and just like really actually rewrite it or give you feedback on what to do. And so that's been a really cool thing. And so we have a monthly plan and a yearly plan. And we just have like tons and tons of members that are in there. And it's it, it's super fascinating to see all these people work on different types of businesses and grow their social medias in there and everything. It's pretty cool. So I'd say join that if you want to get a little taste of copywriting. And uh, yeah, that's all. Or And join the newsletter, copywritingcourse.com slash newsletter. It's pretty good in cool, my man. opinion. Hope you like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great, man. I'm glad you got to like share these uh, with my audience because I know everybody's going to benefit from it. And uh, copywriting course, I imagine you're just like breeding success uh, in the community. You know what I mean? Because copywriting, it's like fundamental to everything. And, and like you said, it's not just writing copy, but like it's the images, it's understanding how customers perceive your whatever it is you're selling and building that. I think also what it is, is like, like think about all the mediums. Okay. Like in the last 10 years, like TikTok didn't exist a few years ago. YouTube didn't exist a few years ago. All these mediums change, but what the one thing, the hardware that has not changed is the human brain, right? That hasn't changed in roughly 10,000 years. All the computers and stuff and delivery mechanisms have, our brains have not actually changed at all. And so the way that you sell someone is the same way you sold someone 10,000 years ago. You get their attention on something, you interest them and make sure that their eyes light up a little bit. Then you make them desire it, right? You, you show the new iPhone and people are like, oh my God, I could barely afford this, but I really, really, really want it for these features. And then, and then you show them a place where they can purchase it, whether that's, uh, you know, in Wampum or uh, Bitcoin or through a Shopify link, you allow them to buy it. And so that sales process hasn't changed at all. So we, we mainly talk about the ideas behind the psychology of selling. And then the strategies are, are almost easy beyond that point. Right. Yeah. So my is, uh, the assignments scary- in there where people can practice it. <laughs> You were saying Gary Halbert, dude. I remember like in the letters he was talking about just sending like a little, like something weighted in the envelopes, you know, just so that people didn't just toss his, they're like, oh wait, there's something in here. They, yeah. Step one, they opened it. Okay. Now they need to read it. And it's like, he just goes through the progression and it's like brilliant. You know, it's so simple yet, you know. And even though he was works. talking about what he did in the seventies, that's still that concept of getting people's attention with like, Absolutely. you know, you have a, a, a big stack of mail and one piece of mail is wobbly and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you right. like, like open it up and there's like a weird, like, there's like a dreidel in it. And you're like, why is there a dreidel in here? And you're like, you have to just open it and see what's going on. He got you. He just taught yeah. you a lesson about psychology, even though that's from the seventies and it's probably going to work different online. He still got you. Right. It's a very valuable, uh, 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 skill and copywriting. It, it's kind of funny. People apply it to different areas of their life. They don't just apply it to their business. They actually apply it to relationships and stuff. So in the past, sometimes like, let's say you're in a relationship or you have a kid and you're like, clean your room. Well, that's not a good argument to the kid, to the kid. He's just like, my dad's yelling at me. But if you, if you think about this in a little bit more of a, like an ADA formula, it's like, how can I get his attention? What if I say like, Hey, Jimmy, you want to, you want to go to the, 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 the amusement park today? He's like, yeah, I would love that. He's like, and I say, they, they have a Ferris wheel and they got this and like, oh my God. It's just like, but remember, like before we leave the house, we always have to do our chores. So if you get those done, we can, we can go, you know, as soon as you're done, he's like, oh my God. And he goes in and cleans his room. Well, th- that was a different way of approaching it rather than just saying, go clean your room. Right. So a lot of people, in my opinion, they're just like, buy this product. I'm like, well, you did it all wrong. Right. So let's let's teach you a couple of formulas and, and tactics to go through it and sell it. And it really, really does kind of change the way you approach uh, almost everything. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it shows the value of words. I honestly was like laughing to myself because when you said relationships, I was like, he's going to talk about a Tinder bot. <laughs> you know? 
Oh, you totally can. We could talk about that all the time. Could, dude, for real. <laughs> uh, we, we could actually totally, I, I've actually rewritten guys' profiles. And, um, and one of the things you have to do is just kind of like, uh, it, do, do we want to even go into this? Just, yeah, go quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm not on a time constraint. So if you want to talk yeah, about it, it I, I'd love to hear it. It's an interesting thing. It's, it's just like selling. So you have to understand your target market. And I'd say like guys are more adept at going up to girls and talking, right? Because that's our whole life versus the other way around. Women just kind of more get approached than anything. And so what happens is I would look at a lot of guys' profiles and they would say, I'm not getting any, any bites. And it's just like, well, you're just talking about yourself the whole time and you're not giving them any easy lobs. So you have to give them an easy question to approach you with, especially on a platform where someone has to approach you first. You have to give them an easy lob ball. So say like um, – I prefer the mountains over the ocean. What about you? I mean, that's a dumb example. But the point is they now have something to respond to you with, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Just get them to respond. So if you're just like, I enjoy the mountains, um, like, what are they supposed to say to you? Like, I enjoy mountains too. Or, you know, like, and it's like, I'm sure some, some people are more clever than others and will have something to say. But if someone's like a little bit shy or timid or, you know, they don't really know you too well, you got to give them an easy in, right? So you got to give them something easy. So uh, I've rewritten guys' profiles with that in mind, like copywriting principles, actually, to be like, look, this is how we're going to get more leads by giving them easy answers and fun answers to uh, to get back to you with. And then the conversation's off to the start, right? You can carry it from there. So yeah, the, uh, the copywriting does apply to a lot of different areas, including dating. Yes. Isn't it crazy though? Because I used to think about that, like it's been five plus years since I was on one of those apps. But like, I, I used to hate that, like as a technical like web developer, I was thinking in, in terms of, of kind of like, oh, you know, like you just said, like kind of making it get the ins and outs quick and easy, like canned responses, you know, because it is kind of like a number. I don't know. Let's not go there. People are going to judge me now. But anyways, <laughs> happily with my girlfriend for five years. So <laughs> Dude, yeah, but, I wanted, but, but ultimately, you can apply copywriting to anything. And that's why that's why it's such a valuable skill, whether it's like selling something uh, to, for B2B, whether it's selling something on e-commerce, it's all the exact same principles. It's not different. Like there's no difference between B2C and B2B. In copywriting there, there's a slight differences in how you approach things based on the target market but the psychology 100 the same so you can apply it everywhere i would highly suggest learn it copywritingcourse.com if you want twitter at nevmed uh follow me if you want uh and we'll wrap it up there how about that <laughs> all right that sounds good to me man and uh, i'm gonna plug everything in the description so it's one click away uh neville thank you so much for being here it's been my honor to uh after like seven years i think on your mailing list to have you here and i really appreciate your time thank you mm -hmm.